0: Commanders coach Ron Rivera set sort of a deadline for making the decision on whether or not to exercise Chase Young's fifth-year option, but I'm going to give you the deadline during the NFL draft where you can predict whether or not Chase Young will have his fifth-year option picked up by the Washington Commanders. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders.
1: Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Welcome to Commanders, fans of the On Commanders Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes when they become available. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there, here, or on Twitter at DHarrison82, or text me anytime at 202 760 Two six four four. thanks for making locked on commander your first listener view today and every day and a special shout out to our everydayers and our subtexters appreciate all of you coming through as we bring you commander's news analysis rumors and speculation five days a week today's episode is brought to you by hellofresh skip trips to the grocery store and count on hellofresh to make home cooking easy fun and affordable that's why it's america's number one meal kit get hellofresh Go to HelloFresh.com slash NFL60 and use code NFL60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Head coach Ron Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew met with the media on Thursday. I was on hand in Ashburn to talk about the upcoming NFL draft, what was said, what it means coming up on today's episode. And first, we're going to start off with the question that doesn't necessarily pertain to the NFL draft, but the result of the question certainly pertains to the NFL draft, and that is the future of defensive end, Chase Young. Of course, his fifth-year option is up for uh, being exercised or declined by the Washington Commanders. They do have until May 2nd uh, on the NFL calendar to make that decision, meaning they can go into the NFL draft weekend without announcing that decision. You would probably assume they kind of have an idea of what they want to do before they get to draft weekend, but they don't have to necessarily uh, announce that decision before draft weekend. So, of course, Ron Rivera was asked about The process of making that decision and when he might have that decision made, to which he replied, We will wait until May 2nd. Very clean, very sharp, very to the point. Asked as a follow-up if that meant he was going to make the decision on May 2nd or if he would have the decision made prior to May 2nd, Ron Rivera replied, Well, that is what we have. We have until May 2nd. All right. One more try. He was asked, if today were May 2nd. What would he say? Ron Rivera said, we would give you an answer. Those are all quotes. Those are all the things that he said. Yes, it was funny. Yes, it was a good time. The question has to be asked. It has to be answered. Ron Rivera knew it was coming. And on the surface, it sounds like a lot of nothing. But really, it actually does mean something because it means that the Washington Commanders don't want to tip their hand as it pertains to whether or not they'll be looking to draft an edge defender early. And if the Commanders do pick an edge defender early, it still doesn't necessarily mean that they aren't picking up Young's option, or at least that they aren't open to extending him if he were to to play very, very well. A la Durant Payne, even if they don't pick up his option. Now, I brought up the idea on this show in the past and been bringing it up again today that Washington could decline Young's option, choose not to extend Sweat Montez Sweat, and in, instead basically pay the guy that does the best in the upcoming season. Because if Chase Young beats out Montez Sweat, then it most likely means that he stayed healthy for at least the majority of the season, which is what you want to see and he also produced. If he doesn't, and Montez Sweat outproduces him like he has to, uh, you know, stably for the last three years, then you extend Montez Sweat, you let Chase Young walk out the door. Both of those options don't necessarily take defensive end off the board for the Washington Commanders, but if they don't draft, say, a defensive end, an edge defender, with the potential to step into a starting role in 2024, then it kind of tells you the Washington Commanders are probably opting to pick up Chase Young's option or extend Montez Sweat at a minimum, that one of these two guys is going to be locked in before the new season comes. And quite honestly, that option is most likely going to be Chase Young. Now, of course, if we get news of a Montez Sweat extension between now and the NFL draft, that, of course, changes everything. But as it stands today, if the Washington Commanders draft a potentially startable, and again, this is talking about projection, defensive end in the early parts of the NFL draft, then you can probably predict that one of the two defensive ends will not be back next year. Of course, we said the same thing about Deron Payne. Deron Payne went out there and balled out. Look, if Montez Sweat and Chase Young both ball out, that is an amazing problem for the Washington Commanders to have, even if they draft one of these guys. But Ron Rivera doesn't want to set a a firm deadline on when he might make the decision, and that's fair, and that's kind of to be expected. But we can put a deadline of sorts on where the Washington Commanders can find an effective edge defender who has a, say, better than 50 to 60% chance of developing into a future for the 2024 season, thereby giving the Commanders the flexibility, the option, the ability to let one of these two guys walk. Going round by round, there are some options here. Round one, you've obviously got Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. Neither of those guys are likely to fall out of the top 10 Probably not even the top eight, to be quite honest with you. So neither of those guys are really your options. But if you look at the other edge defenders that are expected to be first round possible uh, players, you've got Nolan Smith out of Georgia, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, Miles Murphy out of Clemson, and Will McDonald IV out of Iowa State. Now, Nolan Smith, I'm not 100% sold on. Lucas Van Ness, I'm not 100% sold on as well. Miles Murphy looks like more of an outside linebacker to me. Will McDonald IV uh, is kind of an enigma, borderline round one round two type of guy so if you see one of those guys get drafted especially in the first round I think you can pretty much bank on either chase young or montez sweat uh walking out the door now we've had plenty of discussion every day as you've been here for all those discussions about whether it should be montez whether it should be chase and every time we drop an episode like that i see in the comments some of you love montez some of you love chase some of you don't want either of them and you want the commander to ship both of them out of town which is interesting as well Uh, going on to round two, but I think bottom line is round one. Any of those candidates, right? Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson Jr., Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness, Miles Murphy, Will McDonald, the fourth. All of those guys, you could say fifty to sixty percent chance or more, they project to possibly be a starter for the Washington Commanders in twenty twenty four if that situation uh, came to fruition or or was needed. Right now, we move on to round two. B.J. Ojolari out of LSU, Keon White out of Georgia Tech, out of Tommy Watt out of Barry out of Northwestern. Felix Anudike Uzama out of Kansas State, Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame are probably your top five targets for a second-round pick. Now, some of these guys, again, just like in the first round, they're not all going to translate to 4-3 down linemen defensive ends, right? Some of them are better off as outside linebackers. I would say to add a Tommy at Northwestern, as much as I love his game, I would probably stand him up if I was defense coordinator Felix Anudike Uzama out of Kansas State. Same thing, I'd probably stand him up. But like guys like Isaiah Foskey, Keon White, you can see them playing with their hand in the dirt potentially. So again, if the Commanders come through in round two and take one of these guys, then you could start probably look at it and say, okay, we're probably going to see one of those two defensive ends leave in the next, you know, in, in the next off season. Round three, we have Derek Hall out of Auburn, Tuli Tulipeloto Peloto out of USC, Nick Herbig out of Wisconsin, Byron Young out of Tennessee, Zach Harrison out of Ohio State, and Yaya Diaby out of Louisville. This is, I think, where you have to draw that line, right? Derek Hall, I know some people say he could be a hand-in-the-dirt guy. Some people say he's strictly a stand-up guy. Tule Tuopilodu, I think he's a, a, he could be a hand-in-the-dirt guy. Nick Herbig is an off-ball linebacker in the NFL. He's listed as an edge, defensive end everywhere, but he is an off-ball linebacker in the NFL, so you can probably take him off this list. Byron Young has got some potential. Zach Harrison certainly has some potential. But I think, really, you have to draw this line at Tule Tuopilodu out of USC or Byron Young out of Tennessee. If you get past those two edge defenders in the NFL draft, and none of them are a Washington commander, I think Chase Young's option is probably getting picked up. So, again, if the commanders don't make an announcement before the end of day two, and they don't draft one of those guys, I would say you're probably looking at Young's option getting picked up, whether it's by design or like, ah, darn, we didn't get one of those guys. So now we'll kind of have to give Chase Young that possibility to kind of prove us. Uh, right and then at least secure one of those two again if you end up extending montez sweat fine you negotiate the contract in a way to where his 2024 cap hit is like six million dollars to eat up the space with chase young 17.5 million dollars and then if you are still looking to replace chase you go you go after hard uh in the 2024 nfl draft i'm still saying i don't see it happening i don't think that the washington commanders are going to pick up chase young's option which means i do think one of these names i just listed is probably going to be drafted in the first 100 picks uh, by the Washington Commanders. But uh, some of you are holding out hope that Chase Young's option will get picked up. You think it should get picked up. And I'm certainly not here to kill your hope uh, for that. I've been wrong before. I'm not having intimate conversations with Ron Rivera Martin Mayhew about that decision. So I'm just giving you my opinion, I guess, how I'm reading the situation. Uh, if I'm wrong, I will happily be wrong and hope that Chase Young proves me even further right and comes back not only healthy, uh, but explosive and dangerous to opposing quarterbacks. Of course, it can also mean a draft weekend trade is, is on the board. So lots of flexibility going on. Like Martin Mayhew reiterated multiple times during the pre-draft press conference on Thursday in Ashburn. But Coach Rivera also said something very interesting about the correlation between player success and collegiate schemes. We're going to dive into that comment and what it might mean more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're going to dive into that. Thanks to our friends over at Built Bar. Something exciting is coming to Built.com on April 22nd. That's this Saturday. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real. And it's something you won't want to miss. If you can see the conversations going on in the Twitter NFL channel DM for the On Podcast Network here, you would be just as excited as we are. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world. And they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity. So make sure you mark your calendars for this Saturday, April 22nd and head to built.com on April 22nd to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what the new flavor is. Make sure you use the promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15% off your order at built.com. Make a locked on to manage your first listen or your first view every single day. Locked On's NFL mock draft special is here and it's bigger than ever. Follow along all 32 teams' first round picks in a six episode ultimate mock draft experience. Only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available right now on the Locked On NFL draft stream on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're a pro defensive back, first round pick guy or gal, you're going to like my pick. or well, you might like my pick for the Washington Post. You're like the position. I don't know if you like the player. Let me know what you think of that pick. Of course, in the emails, Twitter, uh, on the YouTube comments or via text, via subtext. Looking at more comments from Coach Rivera and General Manager Martin Mayhew's pre-draft press conference on Thursday. Ron Rivera was asked if collegiate schemes really mattered when it came to translating into NFL success. To which Ron Rivera replied, Quote, I think it carries the same way. It really does, because, again, you really have to be very aware of that, and sometimes it doesn't translate. That's something we learned a lesson uh, a couple years ago. So, again, you have to really be even more diligent now because of what you do. It really has to fit, and the player has to fit. If you don't get that, you'll find out, and that's the tough part because a little bit of this is projection. You're trying to project whether or not a guy, the guy, will fit in what you do offensively, defensively, or even special teams. That was one of the conversations we've been having in our meetings is will some of these guys fit, and when they have to play special teams as well. End quote. Now, Coach Rivera didn't say who he was speaking about uh, as far as learning that lesson a couple of years ago, but a couple of years ago, the Washington Commanders added cornerback William Jackson third, in free agency. Um, it's not the same thing, right? But when you look at fits and you look at scheme fits, certainly didn't work out. So if you're talking about learning a lesson about making sure that the person you're evaluating has done things you're going to ask them to do in in the future, I think it certainly kind of applies here. Again, I'm not even saying that necessarily that's the lesson they were talking about learning, but to me it's what kind of popped in my head, and it got me thinking about some of the players that we see mocked to the Washington Commanders most often in mock drafts here this uh, NFL draft build-up season. And according to mock draft database that collects all kinds of data about mock drafts all over the interweb uh, and kind of compiles all the data, Penn State cornerback Joey Porter Jr. is the most often mock-drafted player to the Washington Commanders in pick number 16. 38% of the time, mock-drafts are sending Joey Porter Jr. to the Washington Commanders. By far, the most single-player drafted to the Commanders in mock-drafts. The uh, second-most-drafted player, Illinois cornerback Devin Witherspoon, 12.5%. And then the third-most is Oregon cornerback, Christian Gonzalez, 8.9%. So certainly... (laughs) The masses believe that the Washington Commanders need cornerback help, and they most often send Joey Porter Jr. in to be that help. So looking at defensive back usage, right? Look at Ron Rivera's comments that, yes, the the scheme and what a player was asked to do in college does matter for what you're going to ask them to do in the NFL. You want to make sure that they can do the job, right? Well, only one defensive back played more man coverage than zone coverage for the Washington Commanders last year, and that was rookie cornerback Tariq Castro-Fields, who played one coverage snap of man and none of zone. Every other defensive back on the roster had a greater number of zone coverage snaps than man snaps. For most, it wasn't even a close comparison. Like the zone coverage snaps outweighed the man coverage snaps by a large margin. The closest was Rashad Wild Goose, who played two more zone snaps than he did man. Everybody else, it was a wide, wide gap. The top slot defender last year, in fact, was Bobby McCain, who played 341 snaps in zone coverage and 146 in man. So if you're drafting a cornerback to this team, and again, we've had this discussion, right? The biggest factor in this whole thing is what are are the commanders planning on doing with Benjamin St. Juice? If they're going to move him back inside like they were planning on doing last year, then you need a perimeter guy. If you're moving him, if you're keeping him outside like he ended up being after William Jackson was benched uh, and eventually traded, and he did very, very well outside of injuries, Then you need a slot guy, right? So that's kind of the up in the air. But bottom line is, no matter whether it's a perimeter defender or a or an interior defender, as far as cornerbacks are concerned, right? Slot guy, you need that guy to be able to play zone. Like clearly, the Washington Commanders are going to ask their guys to play zone more often than not. So when you look at these top three mock drafted players again, Joey Porter Jr., Devin Witherspoon, and Christian Gonzalez, you have to look at those. Identifying factors, Joey Porter Jr., the most often mock drafted cornerback to the Washington Commanders with the number 16 overall pick, played 124 man coverage snaps in 2022. He played 103 zone, so 21 more man coverage snaps than zone snaps. Nearly a 50-50 split, right? The problem here is he had a 60.8 grade, according to PFF, in zone coverage. That's not good. It's not horrible, but it's also not good. Um, Illinois cornerback Devin Witherspoon played 322 man coverage snaps, 86 in zone. So a far more man cover guy than zone coverage guy, but he did have a 90.2 grade when he was in zone coverage. So even though he didn't do it a lot, the 86 zone coverage snaps he got, he did very, very well in them. That's something that you take to the tape and is, is worth kind of exploring. Oregon cornerback Christian Gonzalez, Uh, Played 112 man snaps, 268 zone, So by far the most zone coverage snaps of these three guys. And he had an 80.4 grade in zone coverage. So very solid, not amazing, but very, very solid. So out of those three, I think you could say, okay, according to scheme fit and what their college teams asked them to do, Christian Gonzalez makes the most sense, right? Problem is Christian Gonzalez isn't going to be there. More on that here in a second. Now, when you look at, all those guys. That's on. That's on the. That's total coverage snaps. Now we look in the slot. Joey Porter Jr. played zero slot snaps. Devin Witherspoon played sixty-one slot snaps. Okay, so more obviously than zero. Five for five, opposing quarterbacks were five for fifteen against him in the slot. Thirty-six yards and picked off one time. No touchdowns against Devin Witherspoon. Solid zone coverage or solid slot coverage. Oregon cornerback Christian Gonzalez played ninety-three slot snaps. So more slot snaps than everybody else. He was, he, uh, opposing quarterbacks were 11 for 18 against him, 117 yards, one touchdown, one interception. So again, not as great a stats as Devin Witherspoon, but also 32 more reps in the slot. So Christian Gonzalez, again, by far and away, he plays more zone. He's got a decent grade in zone and he's played the most slot coverage, uh, of all of these three candidates. So he's obviously the by far and away from an experience standpoint, the number one guy in in the scheme comparison, uh, to what the Washington Bears do. But again, The problem is Gonzalez isn't going to be there. Witherspoon is the second best 61 slot snaps, only five for 15 uh, opposing quarterbacks were against him in the slot, 36 yards given up and an interception, no touchdowns. And then you look at it, he played mostly man, but when he was in zone, he had a 90.2 grade, uh, which is solid, but Witherspoon also not expected to be available at number 16. Joey Porter, on the other hand, uh, played more man than zone. And when he was in zone was not very good. So, Again, we've kind of had this conversation before on the show. I'm not a huge Joey Porter fits what the Washington Commanders defense is going to do type of guy. I know some of you disagree with me. That's perfectly fine. But I think the numbers and what Ron Rivera is saying kind of speak to maybe that fit isn't there. So who could be a fit? I kind of went to the next four defensive backs that might fit what the Washington Commanders are doing. Maryland cornerback Deontay Banks has uh, 213 zone snaps compared to 118 man and a 72.6. Great in in zone coverage, nine slot snaps, gave up two passes on two attempts, 21 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson, again, more zone than man, 77.5, 19 slot snaps, six for nine. Opposing quarterbacks were against him, 45 yards and a touchdown. When you come down to it, Julius Brents is another one. I think he was a very good guy. 256 zone snaps compared to 116. Only gave up one completion in the slot for one yard. It was a touchdown. You imagine it's a big body jump up kind of a kind of a deal. A jump ball is kind of a deal. Michigan cornerback DJ Turner, 224 zone snaps compared to 163 man, 76.3 grade in uh, the in, in, in the in zone rather. Thirty four slot reps only gave up 64 yards on those 34 reps. Uh, four of six were opposing quarterbacks against him. When you take those four guys. I look at this, and from a scheme match perspective and a performance-in-the-slot perspective, I think DJ Turner is your best option, and the good news for that is DJ Turner is not projected to be a first-round guy. Zach Selby and I both think that Benjamin St. Juice is staying outside, which means you need a slot guy. And again, DJ Turner, the most slot experience, and despite the fact that he only had 34 34 slot snaps versus the second most, which is Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami, who had 19. He only gave up 20, about 20 yards more and had no touchdowns surrendered. So I think DJ Turner is the guy that you look at and say, one for one, he matches the most outside of Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon. And he's a day two prospect. The problem with this projection is that he's getting great. He's getting drafted rather in mock drafts in the late 50s, early 60s. Well, the commanders have the 47th overall pick. That's 10 or 12 picks away from late 50s, early 60s. So the question is, do you reach for DJ Turner at 47? Do you care that it's a reach or that I would call it a reach? Do you do it anyway? Well, general manager Martin Mayhew said something that kind of applies to the answer of that question. And that's going to come up next on today's episode of
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Looking at scheme fit from college, how it translates to the NFL. Ron Rivera said that it matters, that it matters when they're looking at prospects. Looking at the cornerback prospects that most people are targeting for the Washington Commanders, again, Joey Porter just does not seem like a huge fit for the Washington Commanders, but Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon certainly seem like bigger fits, although likely neither of them is going to be there. Out of your next tier cornerbacks, we kind of went through it, and from where I stand, DJ Turner out of Michigan from the second tier of cornerbacks is the best fit, followed by I would probably say Julius Brents out of Kansas State, then Deontay Banks out of Maryland, then Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami of Florida. Problem here is DJ Turner's range for getting drafted right now is a little bit out of reach for the Washington Commanders unless they reach about 10 or 12 picks to take him. So that brings up the possibility of a trade in order to get into the right ballpark. And Martin Mayhew talked about trading in the NFL draft during the Thursday pre-draft press conference saying, quote, there is a position. I don't want to say what it is, but there, there are some we talked about today. It happens, and what happens is when you have a smaller group of really good players, and then one or two of them start to go, people start to get nervous, and they want to make sure they can get theirs, you know, so it's very unpredictable, and I look forward to it. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun process, and we know at the end of it, we're going to be a much better football team. So right there, Martin Mayhew was talking about a run on a certain position group causing it or making it easier for teams to trade back. It happened last year. The Washington Commanders trade back from 11 to 16, fully intending to draft Jahan Dotson. They kind of looked at the board and said, even if a run on wide receivers goes right now, we're good. We should still be able to get our guy. And that's exactly what happened. Chris Olave goes, and I think two more receivers went before the Commanders came back up on the clock at 16, and boom, they get their guy. They also trade back. Well, in this scenario, I took three popular mock drafts from popular mock drafters, Bucky Brooks, Daniel Jeremiah, Matt Bertrami, 2NFL.com, 1SI.com, and in and around picks 14 to 20, there seems to be about three offensive linemen that kind of go inside that six-pick window, whether it be Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright, or a combination of guys, meaning if you're a team at the back end of that window, so like pick 18, 19, 20, and you want an offensive lineman, you may be that team that Martin Mayhew was talking about, getting a little bit nervous, watching these offensive linemen come off the board. You might want to be motivated to move up. Specifically, I'm looking at the Buccaneers at 19, the Seahawks at 20, and honestly, even the Steelers at 17, if they want an offensive lineman bad enough, maybe they're not actually in love with Joey Porter Jr. themselves. Maybe they'll do a one-pick trade-up to get ahead of anybody else who might want to trade up with the Washington Commanders. The Buccaneers also have pick number 50 in the second round. The Seahawks have pick number 52 in the second round, and the Steelers have pick number 49 in the second round. So, the Seahawks really at number 52 kind of get us closest to that mid to late 50s range that we're targeting for DJ Turner. If you look at the trade charts, you can make a very, very interesting trade here with the Seattle Seahawks where you actually swap first and seconds. So the commanders would actually trade back in the first round and the second round, but would net Seattle's, Seattle's third round pick, which is number 83 overall, and their pick 154 in the fifth round. Um, so that's basically what the trade would be is Washington would would send 16 and 47 to Seattle. And in return, they would get twenty eighty three and 154, which means you would go from having three picks in the top 100 to having four picks in the top 100. And at pick 52, which originally belonged to the Seattle Seahawks, you could then take Michigan cornerback DJ Turner. I did a quick mock of this. Uh, no graph, not a lot of graphics on today's episode. Trying to get this episode done, just got back from Ashburn. It's a little bit later in the evening, so I want to make sure I got you guys a full episode here. Um, which cut into a little bit of my graphic creating uh, ability. But number 20, I went ahead and took Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid. Again, I've talked about this tight end class and the future of the tight end position. Number 52, we did grab Michigan cornerback DJ Turner, still a little bit of a reach, but it's a six position reach instead of a 12 position reach, and we added pick number 83 to the to the Arsenal in order to do this where we grab army edge Andre Carter the second so that's one of those edge rushers in the first in the top 100 picks right that you're talking about that could signal the decline of the Chase Young fifth year option which is what I'm predicting happening so if I'm going to predict that happening I kind of got to stick to my own projections and give the commanders an edge in the top 100 picks and then number 97 we come back we NC State offensive lineman Chandler Zavala to end our first 100 picks uh you know again in that mock draft look it addresses present and future needs with guys who can contribute today Dalton Kincaid, dj turner andre carter chandler's while all guys that could be put into the regular rotation with your first four picks uh especially Kincaid who projects highly but tight ends do typically need a year or two to really get their nfl legs under them so you've got logan thomas to still be your starter while uh Kincaid gets up to speed logan thomas has two years left on his contract meanwhile john bates and cole turner are essentially battling it out for tight end number three, which in two years becomes tight end number two. You've got Dalton Kincaid and either John Bates or Cole Turner at tight end two and either John Bates or Cole Turner at tight end three. But now they've each got two or three years or even four years in the case of John Bates of experience under their belt. So that's kind of how that might look. Uh, that's one of those runs that maybe Martin Mayhew was talking about again. He didn't want to reveal the position group. He's kind of hoping there's a run on which I don't you know, blame him, obviously, but trying to read between the lines of the press conference on Thursday. And some of this is really, really interesting to me It's going to impact my final mock draft of the year. That's going to drop Thursday morning for you all. And that will be my final predictive. That will be a predictive. This will be what I think Washington is going to do, which is most likely going to be incredibly wrong, but I'm going to appreciate you for listening to it, for watching it. If you watch it, just like I appreciate you making a lock talk your first listen or your first view every single day every dayers we've got one more mock draft monday coming before it's all said and done so if you want to get your mock draft get them in send them in via email at locked on at gmail.com on twitter at dharrison82 in the youtube comments or text me anytime 202-760-2644 via subtext again sign off for today i'm david harrison credential member of the media covering washington commanders for commander country part of sports illustrated fan nation And most most importantly, hanging out with you five days a week. Till we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. And I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.